Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares messages and stories of spirit that show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but a spiritual disconnect from our true being or soul wisdom. Today I am delighted to welcome Paul Levy, author of Wetico, which offers insights into the Native American meaning of Wetico, an evil cannibalistic spirit that can take over people's minds, leading to selfishness, insatiable greed and consumption, destructively turning our intrinsic creative genius against our own humanity. Hello, Paul, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within to shed light on the Wetico mind virus and how to recognize the power of imagination to shed light on this destructive thinking that infects so many in these challenging, changing times. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy to be here with you. Really appreciate the invite. Thank you. And Paul, I always have many synchronicities with my wonderful guests, and my maiden name is Levy, and it's the first time in 700 shows that I'm doing a show. Oh wow! With with my name. <laughs> so right, right, right. For sure, it's that's kind cool. Of fun. Paul, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my intuitive guests and I share intimate and insightful experiences that help us answer questions, age-old questions. Who are we? What is life really all about? How can we find peace and happiness in a world suffering from so much despair? In discovering more about the duality of life, both our physical and energetic life, we come to know we are much more than we appear to be. And by merging our energies, we can improve the quality of life, both personally and collectively. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Paul Levy will explore how artists, philosophers, and spiritual traditions across time and space have been creatively symbolizing the deadly pathogen of the psyche to help us see and heal the concept of Wetiko, which has appeared in Kabbalah, Hawaiian Kahuna, shamanism, Buddhism, and mystical Christianity through esoteric concepts like demons as counterfeiting spirits and psychic vampires. We explore how the projection of the shadow self-scapegoating is the underlying psychological mechanism fueling Wetico, and how Wetico can even be seen within the COVID-19 pandemic so we can find the lessons and opportunities offered by it. Paul, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, maybe a place or event, that may have shown them, or maybe people around them, the lifestyle and interest they might pursue as an adult. For I sense we are born with a life plan and destiny within our heart soul, and it just keeps unfolding as we proceed along the path of our life. So tell us something about your beginning. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I just grew up in outside of, of New York City in a, in a seemingly normal, you know, happy, healthy childhood, you know, at least on the surface. It wound up not being that. And, and the person who I spontaneously thought of when you were invoking that was an uncle of mine who, you know, he was the one person in the family who was a creative artist where everybody else was really more like in mainstream reality. And the um, unfortunate thing, he, he passed away when I was really young, maybe 10 or 11. And, but he was the one I felt really connected with. And the thing with, which is interesting is that, you know, I consider myself a creative artist for years and connecting with being a creative person, that in a sense is the medicine for the Watiko mind virus. Excellent. So it didn't matter how long he was there. He, he was part of your plan, his plan, and he invoked in you feelings that would be necessary for you to give this book to people because it, it, it's a very important concept. And I don't think many people have thought about it the way you share it. And I, I, I am very intrigued and impressed with it. So we're going to go on to what is Wetico? I, yeah, sure. I and whether you whether you whether you pronounce it Wetico it. or How do you oh, I'm sorry, it? what's that? How do you pronounce? Oh, I call it, it I call it um, Watiko, and it doesn't make a difference how you say it. it <laughs> okay. You know, just in different tongues. You know how the winds come through our system, but right. um, it, it's it's <laughs> what Watiko is. It's a mind virus, and it's at the root of the collective madness that that we are playing out in the world. People who have gotten turned on to it, you know, consider it the most important thing in the world to understand in the world and in, in the entire world today. And there's no doubt about that, because if we don't understand what Tico and what Tico is the source of the greatest evil, but it's also this like um, living sort of revelation. It's actually teaching us exactly what we need to know in order to wake up. But if we don't recognize what it's revealing to us, then it'll it'll kill us. And um, so the origin of Watiko, of this mind virus, is inside of the psyche. And and it's a form, it, it, it operates through the projective tendencies of the mind, and it's a form of, of being blind. It's a psychic blindness that actually believes that it's sighted. And every spiritual tradition throughout history has been pointing at Watiko in their own way, you know, in their own creative articulation of it. And I'm just a translator. I'm just like saying, hey, take a look. It's in the apocryphal text of the Bible. It's in Buddhism. It's in this. It's in that. It's, you know, and they're all just creatively pointing at the exact same thing, i.e. this mind virus. And it's at the very root of not only the madness that's playing out, but it contains the solution. You know, like I'm saying, it's a revelation. It's showing us, you well, know, our own blind spots. I think many spiritual teachers might say it's like showing us uh, that the ego or many thoughts that we think are real are really illusion, and we follow them. But when we get down to following our intuitive sense or soul sense, or heart-based reality, uh, we realize things in a different way. So yes, uh, Watiko would be more like the ego-based reality that can lead us into uh, much, much trouble. And you describe it also as a malignant egophrenia, which is the me disease. So in a yeah, very, yeah, 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 in a very yeah, it, real sense, it's a separate self. 
It's separating us from our true being or our soul being, which in reality is connected to everything that is, was, and will be. And uh, if we get separated from that, we run into trouble. So this is, I think, another way of saying that. Yeah, yeah, like one of the ways that I articulate Watiko is that it's it's a misidentification of who we think we are. Mm-hmm. And a really good way of understanding the essence of Watiko in the apocryphal texts, they talk about what they call this counterfeiting spirit. And the way they describe this counterfeiting spirit, it's precisely Watiko, because what it does, the this counterfeiting spirit has no creativity on its own, but it's a it's a master impersonator. So it impersonates us. It puts us on. It offers us this version of ourselves that's a false version, that's limited and wounded and traumatized. Mm-hmm. And then if we identify with its version of ourselves, then it has us. You see, this counterfeiting spirit has no power over us when we're in touch with our true nature. But if we then get hooked and identify with its fictitious version of ourselves, then it can it can manipulate us and control us. And if you think about what I'm describing, there are three things that have just happened. First, we actually give ourselves away. Second, we identify with who we're not. And third, we um, disconnect from our creative agency. Those three things are a recipe for madness. And that, and that in, in essence, is what's eco in a nutshell right there. Yeah, it's also a recipe for destruction of our happiness, our health, and our well-being, and the potential we have as a soul to navigate this life uh, with great happiness and joy and positivity. Absolutely. Completely. It's forgetting yeah, yeah. who we are. Now, how did you first encounter it in your own life? Yeah, no, that's a really good question, and I, I'm, my whole work has come out of direct experience, and basically, without going into the whole story, I experienced it in my family, and my father was just the one playing the role, he was the instrument, he was so taken over by this malevolent, dark energy that came through his unconscious, and I'm the only child, and being sensitive, and he acted out, you know, this his own darkness onto me, and it almost killed me. And it destroyed the entire family. I haven't had a family for over 20 years. And um, and then, you know, it precipitated, it catalyzed me to have a, a spiritual awakening because I was in so much trauma, and oftentimes trauma can catalyze something like an awakening. But within the first day, I got thrown in hospitals and diagnosed. You know, we're talking, this is 1981. And then I realized, oh, my God, the same non-local, dark, evil force that came through my father is now coming through the system of psychiatry. And then I began to recognize, oh, my God, it's unfolded holographically throughout the whole non-local field. It's what's informing all of the evil and the destruction and the madness that's playing out in the greater body politic of our world. Mm-hmm, I understand. And the book you wrote was Awakened by Darkness, When Evil Becomes Your Father. So right. I assume from what you said there was abuse. Yeah. Oh, completely. But but it, was, it wasn't, you know, physical or, or sexual. It was emotional, psychological abuse. And, you know, being because able to write that book. your father was caught up in the, in the nightmarish experience of Whitaker. And he, yeah, 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 exactly. He, couldn't, he, couldn't he was extradite himself from it, as you yeah. have been able to do, and as I have tried very hard to do. 
in taking yeah, well, what's no. real uh, from our heart and, and connection to spirit and not from our ego-based reality, which has much illusion and can draw us into a lot of things uh, that, that are not productive, that are simply not productive. But let's, let's go on. All right, so you talk about our collective madness, which has become so normalized by most people. And you talk about a friend that you ran into a while ago and asked you what you were up to. And you were talking to him about the collective psychosis. Uh, what was his response? Yeah, well, um, and he he then, when he heard me saying, oh, I'm, I've been writing about this collective psychosis, his response was like, well, what makes you think that there is a collective psychosis? And I was I was rendered speechless by his response because... I, I wanted to say to him, well, give me one piece of evidence that shows that there's not a collective psychosis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that that I'm pointing at, that we, our world has gone mad and we've normalized the fact that we're killing each other and we're endlessly oh. at war. And Look what's you know. happening right now. <laughs> right. Ukraine, no, totally. They just walk, decided to walk across a border. They've been preparing for months. Nobody did anything uh, to negotiate and stop it. And look at COVID. Look at the psychosis that has been built around this illness, this virus. There's many viruses. We've lived with them all our lives. We never put on masks, distance ourselves, shut down businesses and economies, and practically destroyed the world. So I think... COVID has been handled very poorly, but perhaps because of this collective madness, which has been normalized. And now we're, we're coming out of it. And I think the only good that can come out of it is that we realize that it happened, but perhaps we didn't handle it in the best way. Yeah, no. And the thing is, like I joke with my friends that, you know, if I had a marketing department, you know, the last couple of years, oh my God, they couldn't have done a better job of of publicizing my work on the Watiko mind virus, you know, with COVID and now with the invasion of Ukraine. And um, yeah, and I point out that in the COVID epidemic, you see, the thing about Watiko is that it only has power over us to the extent it's not seen because it works through the unconscious. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way of seeing, of actually seeing this mind virus you know, as it's informing, you know, the Watiko global epidemic and our unconscious reactions to it, that, you know, in my book I talk about that there is a way of actually, um, you know, there's a perspective through which we view the global pandemic that actually can shed light on the mind virus, and that's the real deadly virus that's afflicting our species. Yeah, you say, you wrote this, we are answering this question with governmental policies and collective behavior that for the most part only increase our acceleration toward multiple disasters. We won't be able to effectively deal with the horrors that lie in front of us if we can't face the horrors that lie both behind and within us. And that's the truth. If we don't learn from history and we don't explore our own inner uh, wisdom and remember who we are as souls having a physical life for the purpose of increasing our compassion and love, then, then we're going to be badly affected 
by these scenarios that keep happening. And they're happening, I believe, faster now because we are in this awakening stage. Now, you went on to talk about C.G. Young. He's one of my favorites. Whenever he shows up in one of my author's books and we can talk about him, I'm delighted because he was a spiritual psychologist. Uh, You know, he believed that whatever trauma we had, he had a near-death experience also. And so he understood uh, life and the afterlife. And he felt that we could create new uh, positions and perspectives and ways to live with joy, no matter what the drama. Now, Freud was quite different than him. He believed that we dealt with everything on a sexual level and that we had to keep talking about it and going over it again and again and living in that energy, and that is not what heals us. We can, you might want to talk about it to a person you first meet perhaps a therapist but you don't want to keep talking about it over and over because it creates the memory and makes it real and it lives again and you want to get to create something new and Jung was all about that so I I love him what would you like to say about Jung because I know uh, you agree with a lot of his work and have used his wisdom in your own book yeah, no, for sure. Well, he's he's my main man. I mean, he saved my life after my awakening, and I was hospitalized, and then I found Young's work, and it real. And he had gone through in his you know confrontation with the unconscious this incredibly similar experience that I had been going through. So it really helped me, you know, finding someone else who you know who had gone through an experience and wasn't just pathologizing it. And so the thing about Jung, he, out of anybody I've ever encountered, had this unbelievable understanding of evil. And that's one thing, because that's a way of describing what had happened for me. I was having an unmediated, direct encounter with evil. And also, Jung was <laughs> really onto what he He didn't have the name, but he um, kept on pointing at this thing, and whether it's like a, the germ of evil or... You know, and a matter of fact, the the name he called it the well, most most times was totalitarian psychosis. Yes, and and so that's um, yeah. I just wanted to make sure to, to and the name story. That. He was on to the story that we all play in our mind, and when we play the story of Watiko or any other you know negative incident that we participate or are brought into, uh, we keep it going. And he was very much aware of that, that we had to first become aware of it, realize it was an illusion of our mind. It wasn't part of our unconscious connection to the higher values of spirit or universal energy or love or the divine or God or whatever exists beyond this human form that we're in right now. So, so yes, it was very important what he discovered and what you discovered, and I, I just love talking about him, too. He was yeah, well, the thing about Young, if I can just, you know, add one thing to what you were just saying, yeah. is that, you know, he pointed out, you know, that it's easy for any of us um, to get into this state where we feel like we have a problem and it's, you know, nothing we do helps it and it's continually just recreated and, you know, it feels like a black hole. And he's saying the way out of that 
is to, you know, find something that really compels and attracts your attention, something creative, something constructive that you can invest your psychic energy in, you know, in a creative way. And the more you get, you know, sort of invested in, in that vision and actually, you know, creating and investing your awareness and attention in creating something that's drawing you, he goes, then your problems will fade away because you, you discover that your problems are only being fed by your attention. Exactly. You know, now you're investing your attention somewhere else. Yes. What I always say to my clients is that very often, you know, 50% of the thoughts that float into our mind in the course of a day are negative. And I say, we don't embrace that. We only embrace that which makes us feel uh, joyful, healthy, positive, and, atta- and attracts us into using our creativity and uh, our joy in life itself. And uh, exactly, that's just what you're saying. He well, said, and, and, and embrace it's like what instead you of, enjoy, in, in, not the negative. Yeah. Instead of being, instead of being created by our thoughts, we can create with our thoughts. That's the difference. That's perfect. That is perfect. Then you go on to describing Wetiko, uh, the Cree, uh, who described, they're an Indian tribe, I gather, who described giants that grow with each human meal. So they are simultaneously huge and then emaciated never able to quite find the balance. So they search desperately for their next victim because they're driven by excess. And right now we're living in a time where the political structure of almost every nation is being driven this way. And we need to see the creative people who want to bring back um, life for the people. Not life for the government, not life for the institutions, not, you know, power over us, but the people constructively working together in a harmonious, balanced way, in a healthy way. So you say here the Native Americans refer to Wetiko as a universal condition affecting, afflicting actually, afflicting everyone, and uh, we're all fated to come to terms with in our life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's totally right, because the, the Watiko mind virus exists in a state of potential in the collective unconscious of humanity, you know, and that's to say we all have it in potential. And, um, you know, and what you were describing, you know, with that the mythologized figure, it's like it's an insatiable hunger that can never be filled, and it actually informs the whole process of being addicted, you know, and it's related to the process of trauma, you know, because we as a species are in a state of trauma. And so the point is this, is that we are in the middle of a collective psychosis of titanic proportions. We found the diagnosis, you know, it's the Watiko mind virus, but, you know, and there's a big but. It's like encoded in the mind virus is its own medicine, is its own vaccine, but we have to recognize what it's revealing to us to actually be able to extract the, the, the medicine or it'll continue its robotically programmed function well, of killing what us. Would, what would you say are some of the practices or techniques to extract the medicine or the what can heal this Yeah, this sure, virus? that's a really 
Right, that's a really good question. On the one hand, you know, I'll just name a list, and they're all yes. interrelated. One is to develop compassion. Two is to really connect with your true nature. Three is to recognize the dreamlike nature. Four is to recognize the synchronistic matrix that's informing all of reality. In other words, that reality is an oracle. It's continually speaking to us symbolically. Um, then there is to recognize the non-local field, which is a physics term, you know, which is basically a, a the, the field physics. in which we're in which we're all connected and contained, and of which we're all expressions of all of the. And then to be creative, to because our nature is to be creative. So when you realize your nature, you know. Part and parcel of that realization is that you become creative, and the more you become creative, the more you know your nature in a positive feedback loop that creates light upon light. All of those are like aspects of a jewel that actually that complement each other. Yes, and then you're free. You're free of the virus and the fear, and you know who you are, and no one can. Yeah, and then you're able to. And then you're able to. And then you're able to help people, to genuinely be in service and help other people. Beautiful, absolutely true. Uh, My Reiki master training over the last 25 years and my understanding of other holistic training, Buddhism, and, and every Kabbalah, everything I've been led to and have studied lead us to what you just said, to freedom, to freedom of the soul, to knowing ourselves and then never having to be uh, caught up with this virus. It's there. It will float in, but we can uh, see it, the red light, and we can smile at it, and we can resist it, and we can create thoughts uh, that will be better for ourselves and for humanity. So what would you like readers to take away with them after reading your book, Whitaker? Yeah, well, um, you know, the idea, what the Watiko mind virus is pointing at is that we ourselves, like it's so easy to feel helpless and hopeless right now in the yes. with the darkness of the world situation. And what the Watiko teachings are pointing at is that each one of us have this unimaginably vast creative agency and power. We already have it. We've always had it but we don't know we've had it. So because we're unconscious of it, then the Watiko mind virus, it, it, it you know plugs into our own creative genius and turns it against us in a way that's killing us. But what that implies is that we actually already have the solution to all the myriad world crises, and that is to connect with our immense creative power. That's part of our nature. And then when we connect with other people who are also awakening to that, then all bets are off because then we can get in sync with each other in a way that we can actually, um, you know, help and change the waking dream. And what that is, that's to realize, that's to consciously participate in our own evolutionary process. That's what all of this is revealing to us. Absolutely. And we're in sync, and I'm sure a lot of listeners today who will hear this show will be in sync with this too. And I want to thank you, Paul Levy, for sharing a concept of age, old source, a mind virus that plagues our world still and also helps us to share creative ideas to heal the many issues created by the thinking and behaviors of uh, this rogue, let's say, thought process. In order to learn more about Watiko, go to awakenindthedream.com. 
In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have come to see that as Paul writes, the source of the problems confronting humanity are fundamentally not economic, political, or technological, but rather are to be found within the human psyche. To quote Groff, Stanislav Groff, in the last analysis, the current global crisis is a psycho-spiritual crisis. The coronavirus and the Watiko virus, it reflects the level of consciousness for the evolution of the human species. It is therefore hard to imagine that it could be resolved without a radical inner transformation of humanity on a large scale and its rise to a higher level of emotional maturity and spiritual awareness. So we've got to see the world standing up to save the people of Ukraine now, for one, and to help each other to merge together in oneness and unity. Paul and I invite you to see yourself in light of the wisdom that lies within you and to recognize your well-being, happiness, and personal self-growth do not lie in the expressions of the physical outside world, but within the soul wisdom and maturity that lies within and connects us all to each other and to universal dimensions of eternal life. While it may not be possible to eliminate Watiko, it is possible to realize we can rise above its infectious trauma, producing scenarios and move past the limitations that it imposes on our true spiritual gifts. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about leaders in the world of quantum physics, science, spirituality, healing and energy awareness, psychology, uh, medical professionals, and those in the arts and music who explore the oneness and unity of all life. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net, and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for listening.